Oh, that was good. Aren't you thankful for a worship team that worships? We don't hire professionals here. They may sound like professionals, but uh, we don't hire our worship team. They are a volunteer. They come up and worship. They worship here. They worship when they're not here. And it shows when they're on what I like to call the platform rather than the stage because a platform is for saying something. A stage is for performance. And I'm thankful for them. Oh, man, now I've got too much power. I just want to thank our technology crew of volunteers that's in the back who don't freak out and panic when things don't go as planned. Um, that's not always the most comfortable position to be in when equipment doesn't work and 200 people are turning around to look at you and see what's happening. It's, it's kind of like when you're up here and you have nothing to say and all these eyes are staring at you. Uh, I appreciate them volunteering their time and their skills, and sometimes machines just don't do what machines are supposed to do. So I know a lot of pastors that uh, get very angry when things go wrong in their services because it hurts their pride. And I just want you to know we don't make heads roll around here. Uh, when something doesn't work right, we find a way to keep going. And uh, it may not be perfection, but it's still going to be good. Amen? Go with me to Mark 4. I am going to read through the parable of the sower, but we're not here to study the whole thing. We're here for, for one line out of it, okay? So I'll try not to get distracted on my way down to verse 19, but we're going to start in verse 14. Jesus is explaining what he has just taught the people about the parable of the sower. Very important parable. In fact, he says, if you don't get this, you're really not going to understand anything in the kingdom. So... It's, it's an important one. In verse 14 of Mark 4, he says, The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so they endure but for a time, because afterwards affliction, persecution arise for the word's sake. And immediately they are offended. Oh my goodness, isn't it so hard not to stop and teach that? Um, verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. They heard the word, right? And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches... And the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes, wow. The word becomes unfruitful in that soil. Yes, ma'am, the word can become unfruitful. Of course, then he goes on, he says, these are they that are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. We're going we're to start a new series, and, and I'm not teaching next week. Tim Brooks is teaching next week, and I'm excited about it. And all you live streamers who are watching, unless you live in California, uh, I want you in the pew. I'm going to ask that of you, and I'm going to ask the balcony crowd, if the seats aren't full down here, move down here. Let me tell you, it is much easier to speak to a person than an empty pew. 
And we got, a, we got a good crowd today, but there's some empty pews over here. There's some empty pews right here. Not empty, but spaces. And then we got all these beautiful people up in the balcony. Next week, for our guest speaker, will you make sure this is full? I'm telling you, it changes the atmosphere. I, if you've never stood up here, you may not understand that. And we may start rotating you up here so that you'll have an understanding of what I'm saying. And we can use the draft system if necessary. But uh, live streamers, if you can be here, I'm asking you to be here next week. I know it's easy to stay at home, but it's not the same as being here. And so we need your electricity in our building. So next week, Tim Brooks. But when I'm speaking, I plan on speaking on finances. And a lot of people really struggle when you talk about finances in church. But if you'll, if you'll open up your Bible and start in Genesis and end in Revelation, what you're going to find is God has a whole lot to say about money. I'm not here to take it. I'm not trying to get it. I'm trying to help, I'm trying to help people live free by the Word of God, the principles of God. And I want you to look what happens when we see money incorrectly. From this parable, verse 19, they've heard, they've heard the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, when they enter in, they choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That's a pretty powerful statement. And that all has to do with how you think about money. The deceitfulness of riches. That word cares there, the cares of this world, it's anxious thoughts. You ever deal with anxiety over finances? You don't have to, you just look at me. I don't care if you have money or don't have money. Anxiety over finances can come either way. I remember many times uh, my dad telling me, Sis, <laughs> Money is work. It's work. It takes a lot of attention and a lot of management. So whether you have money or you don't have money, anxious thoughts and anxiety can come. The care of it can come. And he's warning us that if we let those cares and anxious thoughts, I'm trying to think what else it said, oh, distractions was one of the definitions of the word care. Distractions. It meant to be drawn away in different directions. You ever feel like you're drawn away in different directions? Like you're going a hundred directions at one time? Absolutely. That's this verse. And it can keep the word from being un it can keep the word from being fruitful in your life. I've got to recognize what when I'm under care, okay? When the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. If there's a deceitfulness to riches, then there's truth about riches. And that's what I'm after. Not after the riches. I'm after the truth about the riches. And, and I'm telling you, the, the world has gotten such a sour attitude about Christians having money. I just want those people to go study Solomon. Because this is what I can tell you about Solomon. If you operate in the wisdom of God, you cannot help it. Money will be there. You can't help it. 
Bo, I can't help it. I can't help it, Wes. I can't help it. I'm, not, I'm tired of apologizing. I'm tired of good Christian people. I'm not talking about abusers who are cons who get up to try to take people's money. I'm talking about people who are operating under the principles of God and prospering, and their businesses are prospering, growing to different towns, putting up coffee shops. Just What block in Russellville doesn't have Midtown Coffee? Now, Jane's Blessings popping up all over T-shirt business, popping up all over this town, Clarksville. I, you know what? You can't help it. Needing hands. Needing bakery. Needing hands bakery. Towns. How's that happen? Well, when you operate in the principles of God, you're, you can't help it. I don't know why this is doing that, but I'm fixing to fire this thing. It's not, I'm not firing Tom. He's my boss. So there's a deceitfulness of riches, and that deceitfulness of riches will rob the word from producing in your life. We've got to have our heads on straight. We've got to have our heads on straight. And that's what we're going to be working on in the next several weeks when I teach. Deceitfulness of riches. It means delusions of wealth, false impressions. And I started thinking, what are some of the deceptions of riches? And this is an interactive class. So, what's some of the things, misconceptions about wealth? It'll make you happy. That's a big one. It'll make things easier. That's one I had down, Mark. You and I are, we're living proof of that. Brad, you said something. That it'll solve all your problems. If I just had money. If I just had X amount. If I only made this amount. If I only won the lottery. Well, you just look at the statistics of that one and see how that goes. You will revert back to where you are mentally with money, no matter how much money is given to you. And, and the scripture bears that out. If you get it through a windfall, you're apt, you're, you're apt to lose it. Because your mind doesn't think right about money, and it doesn't matter how much money you make, if you're not thinking right, you'll never get ahead. And so we're going to, in the weeks to come, we're going to hit some real practical, looking at housing, looking at cars. We may get some old car dealers to say a thing or two, or at least put some input in, and really look at our everyday life. And people look at you and say, how, why are we talking about this in church? Well, come sit in our office starting at 8.30 in the morning and see what we deal with on a daily basis. What's causing this marital issue? Pressure, anxiety, care. He works too much. She spends too much. He spends too much. She, money. Oh, it's spiritual, all right. It's spiritual. It has, has a lot to do with our time. We're going to talk about how to, how to choose a job. Do you want to coach your child's t-ball team? Do you want to be at your child's soccer game? Or do you want to be at work while they're doing that? Then you, you need to think about what you want to do.
And I'm thinking on the next few weeks when I teach, I may ask all the 25 and under crowd to be right here. Because you have an opportunity to start off on even ground and not in a hole. And, And if I can influence my God baby up here on the front row who has graduated now and fixing to enter the workforce, or has entered the workforce, has money coming to her hands while she's living at mom and dad's house. What a great time to use wisdom and not have to deal with the cares and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, this lust of other things, we tend to think lust, sex. Now I've got everybody's attention. Everybody suddenly looked up. Lust, sex. I'll say that again. What a crowd I've got now. (laughs) Lust is pressure. It's a longing. It's a drive. It doesn't have to be a sex lust. It means desires, cravings, longings. And the complete Jewish Bible put it this way. Desires push in. Lust of other things entering in choke the word. Desires push in, push in. And you know what they do? What I found that they do? They begin to take up the space of productivity. A a mind who thinks right about money is free to make more money. So true. Any business person in here can tell you that. These delusions, these false impressions about money will choke the word and keep it from producing in your life. And that's what we want to start off guarding against. No matter what the word of God says about money, no matter what it promises you about provision and finances, it can't produce if you're not, if you're not thinking right. God wants it. I remember John's, uh, John telling a guy, he said, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's this connection between your brain and your prosperity. There is a connection between your brain and your health. Even as your soul prospers. So as your thinking prospers, you prosper. And, and that wasn't God that said that. That was John that said that. But it's written for us in the scripture, and that makes it valid for me. When God gave me this title, I was out walking this morning, and these three words are what kept coming to me, wisdom, faith, and finances. And he really dealt with me about the importance of not only faith, like finding your scripture and having faith and seeing that God sees and provides for you, which is truth. That's faith. But it's the importance of operating in the principles of wisdom with what he gives you. I'm going to step out on a limb here and and say that most of you have enough showing on your W-2s for the last five to ten years that you look good on paper. Until you put your debt up next to it. Can I be that bold? I'm going to be that bold. And this is why I'm going to be that bold. Because I love you. And better yet, God loves you. And so I want to challenge you to look at your tax paperwork. 
what you made last year, multiply it times five. If you're old enough, multiply it times 10. If you're old enough, multiply it by 20. How many years you've been working? Some of you one year, some of us a lot more than that, as of tomorrow. 55, 55. It's going to be great next 50 years. That's all I can tell you. I looked at Zip Recruiter online as of July 3rd, 2022. It said the majority of salaries within the average, average jobs category in Arkansas currently range between 45000 and 68000 so let's just take 50,000. Let's just take 50,000 times five years. What do you got? 250,000. Where is that? That's one income. 50,000, five years, 250,000. Means if you can live with mom for five more years. I'm just saying, they buy a nice house. So it's not only about faith for God's provision. It starts there. You've got to know it's the will of God. But it's also about God's wisdom with what he provided. And can I give a good old Underhill family quote? I can't even remember where it came from anymore. I always give everything to Uncle Henry, but I'm really not sure where it came from. But y'all have heard me say it a lot of times, probably heard my dad say it for many years. It's not what you make. It's what you do with what you make. And y'all, I could sit here and tell you stories. It is the truth. It is not what you make. It is what you do with what you make. You can find a job that you love doing something that you love to do for less money than your college degree can get you for a job that you despise, and you can live just as well and live happy. And you know what? Happy money's the best kind of money. Not strived money. Not worn out money. Not you can't wait to get home and go to sleep so you can get up and go to work the next day and do the same thing. That is not the God kind of life. And so you know what? If you love creating t-shirts, I don't know if you have a degree. I don't know. You do. Say that again. A registered dietitian, and she's making T-shirts. You know what? That's beautiful to me. That's beautiful to me. So don't shut God down and his provision down because you don't have a such-and-such degree that makes such-and-such a money. Give God little and see what he can do with it. And do what he's called you to do and see what he can do with it. Debt is not provision. Debt is not provision. Debt is something that you owe someone else. And I'm telling you, if you aren't real careful, debt will make you its servant. And it will tell you, you are going to work this morning. It will tell you, you cannot hire anybody else in this company. 
It will tell you you cannot afford to, to provide your employees insurance. It will, it will tell you what to do. Oh, I'm sorry this is so hard. I, I hope you know my heart. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that debt is always wrong. I'm, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that it's a sin because I can go to Psalm 112 where it tells us to be the loners. And Deuteronomy tells us the same thing. So if God tells me to be the loner, then it can't be a sin to borrow or I'm causing somebody else to sin. But I'm telling you, we can be smarter. And this is some of the things we'll talk about in the weeks to come. I want y'all, if you're in debt to credit cards, to get that paid off first. That is ridiculous what credit card companies get, but we let them. We let them. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the hows, and we'll go through some practical things. But I want to get in, the, get in the Word and read to you Psalm 112. He says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. I love that because you know what else the Scripture says? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of? If you don't fear God, you're not going to do wise things. That's all there is to it. And so he says, Blessed is the man And that word blessed involves the word prosperous. You can look it up. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in God's commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. I don't know what religious minds want to do with that wealth and riches are in his house. They want to make it something that it's not. Wealth and riches. You look it up. It means wealth and riches. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. That is is a great biblical prosperity mindset. It has everything to do with God. And you know, back to debt. He tells us there to land. That was my whole point. Most people need a vehicle to get to work. Not necessarily. I, I have watched many people walk to work. I've, I picked up a, a young man um, yesterday. I was down at the pool with my grandkids and got a phone call, young man out working and trying to walk home uh, in 110-degree weather. And I just looked at my family and said, I got to go. Got to go pick him up. I got to get him home. I can't let him walk out in this heat but my hat's off to him. He doesn't have a car. Well, I don't have a car. Well, you can't have a car if you don't have a job. You can have a job and not have a car. I I just think about my grandparents and how stupid they would think this society is if they heard some of the things that we hear. 
You might need a vehicle to get to work. But what vehicle? What vehicle? I drive a nice rig, but it's got 120-something thousand miles on it. I'm not ready to buy a new one. I don't want to buy a new one right now because I think the... I am surrounded by car dealers. I don't know if my dad sowed this seed as a car dealer or what, but just everywhere I'm looking right now, I'm, I've got people wanting to sell me something. I don't want to be upside down in a vehicle because prices are elevated. So I'm trying to wait. I keep speaking to old Bessie out there and telling her, keep going. Keep going. You might need to get to work on a moped. You might. You might need to get, if you can't afford a car and you have to have it, you might have to get to work on it. That would look really good at the gas pump. Well, I'm a man. I don't want to be. If you're a man and you need a job and you need to support your family and you need to ride a moped, you'll ride a moped. People need a roof over their head, but what kind of roof? What kind of home? They just, they just, they're selling everything and moving into a camper, into an RV. I, my hat's off to you. I can't even imagine trying to get Rusty's fishing baits in the camper, much less anything else. So if y'all need anything, they have it for sale, let me just tell you. You need a roof over your head, but what kind of roof? That's way cheaper than a house. And y'all are just adventurous. You need food. But what kind of food? We're in a society that I can't even tell you how much money is spent eating out. And boxed food. Packaged food. Well, I don't know how to cook. Google it. YouTube it. I've had to YouTube stuff before. Grow a garden. If you need to know how, Brad and Cindy, Tom Wilkins. We got some great people in here that know how to garden. There are things we can do rather than just saying, I'm going to put this on my credit card because my family's got to eat. Well, let's look at long term. What do I need to do long term? My granny, my granny Underhill, God love her. Uh, we just had, her birthday was July the fifth. She's in heaven, but I honor her because she used to teach the young families in the church how to feed large families on a budget, and and she used to give them ideas. I bet Mary could do it. I bet Mary could help you. There's a lot of people in here I think could help if you got a large family or a small family, and you need to know how to feed them on less money. I don't know about y'all, but my grocery bill is almost doubled. I mean, it's just the two of us, but it's still. God wants you free. He wants you free, and honestly, he needs you free. And I believe debt is one of the biggest distractions and one of the big, biggest pressures of Mark 4.19. It can capture your attention real quick, and I would love to see that pressure alleviated so that God's word can produce in our lives.
It simply cannot produce in anxiety, in worry, in fear, in pressure, and it sure cannot produce in delusion. Go with me to Romans 12 because it's going to come into play here. Taking a lot of pastoral liberty today. Just hoping that you love me. Thank you, Greta. Romans 12. You know this one well. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Because let me tell you, the world says if you want it, get it. The world says if you want it, get it and pay for it later. Oh, you'll pay for it later when you can't sleep at night. You'll pay for it later when your, your kids want pizza night and you can't do pizza night. Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewed to what? To the the word, to the way God thinks. We have a book of his thoughts. We have a book of his principles, and his principles work. His principles are always freedom. They're never bondage. And so when he asks us to prosper his way, it works. (laughs) And, and you've come too late. We've, we've had this big discussion uh, in the office this week about some of God's principles and, and some people teaching against some of God's principles. And, we're, and John, Tanya, and I, are, are, we're all just looking at each other going, you remember Dad's old saying, you've come too late to tell me the pool doesn't have water. I'm wet. I'm living in this. I've lived in this all my life. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging bread. I mean, I have seen this work. I have lived in it at home. I've lived in it on my own. I I lived in it when I was a single mom with two kids not getting child support like I was supposed to. I've seen the principles of God work anyway. But you've you've got to let them work. And you can't get caught up in the trap and the lies and the ways of getting things the way the world gets things. Do things God's way. It may look like it takes more time, but in the long run, it doesn't. If you will renew your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's not against money, folks. He's not against money. He, he's against the love of money, which I remember Dad saying this, and, and it has always stuck with me. Because typically when you talk about the love of money being the root of all evil, people think he's talking about rich people. No, he's talking about people. Because the love of money can be a poor person or the love of money can be a rich person. It really doesn't matter. It can be either way. Envy is the love of money. It's wanting what somebody else has without doing the work to get it. And so stay away from being jealous of those who have. And be very cautious of saying how they got it. Because you don't know. It may just be that they've tied since they were a child. 
It may just be because they're operating in the principles of God. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I don't even think that needs explanation. When you start being driven for money, you will pierce yourself with many griefs. It will cause a lot of trouble because money's not the answer. God is. And his provision is. And his wisdom is. And his principles will continue to prosper you. And I want to end with today with Joshua 1.8. And if you uh, know it, you can probably say it with me. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you will have good success. So it's all found in the book, and if we do it his way, we'll do it the right way. The pressures, the cares, the anxieties, the deceitfulness of riches won't be there, and the word will be able to produce it in our lives. God has a plan for your money. He has a plan for your money. And uh, I, to keep myself straight, I like to call it his money. If he's blessed me with it, then I like to call it his money. And that's what the tithe does for me. It keeps me in remembrance that everything I have comes from God. And, and it's his. Not just 10%. It's his. And if he asks, if he asks for me to go pick somebody up, and I don't have gas in my tank, and I can't afford gas in my tank, then I just missed an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. So prosper God's way, and he'll use it. And your, and your, your tank, I don't mean your gas tank, but that too, your tank will never run dry. Because if we're a funnel for him, a conduit for him to flow through, and you are. Amen? Are you prepared to prosper? On your notes, if you uh, went to the QR code uh, or online, you can get the notes from the service. I have scriptures, lots of scriptures on godly prosperity. So y'all can stand. I'll read a few of these over you. I've got pages of them, so I won't read them all. Let all those that put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also that love your name be joyful in you. For you, Lord, you will bless the righteous with favor. You will compass them about as a shield. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By knowledge shall the chambers of your home be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, for there will be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. Prove me. 
If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. Thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Man, there's some good ones in there. And there's two pages of them, two and a half pages of them. So start meditating on those. Get those off the QR code, go to the website under notes, get those, start studying them. And in the weeks ahead, as we go through some things, we'll talk about housing, we'll talk about cars, how to beware of car salesmen, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, we'll go through some practical things. How to save some money when you think you can't, you don't, you can't find a place to save money. Uh, we'll go through some things like that, and I'll get some expertise from some other people and pull from that, glean from that, and find some freedom. Amen? Father, I'm thankful that your word applies to everyday life. And, Father, that you, you have a way for everything that we do. Work is not separate than you. Our finances, our bills, they're not separate from you. They're, every single one of them has a spiritual aspect. And, Father, we submit that to you. And we submit ourselves to your word, that your ways, they are perfect. They are perfect. And that we can control our flesh and that we can overcome our mistakes by the power of your word. For you are gracious and you are kind. And where we have dug ourselves in a hole, Father, you will help us. You will help us get out of those situations. You will show us how. You'll give us the knowledge and we'll apply it. And it will work. Your word never fails. And we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen.